0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everybody's Bad With Money, where we share stories and get real about personal finance. We make money talk fun. I'm Amelie. And I'm AJ.
1: And today we are going to talk about post Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Come Down. I know a lot of us are all, we're all in the hype and the stimulus and the excitement, and we're going to talk about what to do now that you want to return half your stuff, deal with the shame, (laughs) deal with the... uh, deal with the fear or the excitement. Um, So Amelie, how are you?
0: I am doing pretty well. Um, I had a great Thanksgiving. I actually spent um, a good amount of time around Thanksgiving listening to podcasts and reading a bunch of literature around the history of indigenous people in the U.S. So that was like really interesting learning for me. I just like learned a lot of cool things that I, well, not cool, but like a lot of interesting facts about history that I really didn't know about. And I dove a lot into the land back movement. So that was like really good, just personal education and growth for me. Um, And, but it was kind of a weird time with COVID going on and, Um, trying to like follow the CDC guidelines but still see my family and I think just across the board like people that's what I've heard from people is that it that it was just a weird time and you know trying to deal with the anxiety of wanting to see people but not knowing what's safe it's just like it's a crazy time right now so I didn't end up seeing my immediate family um And, but I try to do it super safely. A lot of people got tested and we just tried to be as careful as we could be. And it ended up being pretty nice, pretty small, pretty low key, but definitely a lot of anxiety around it. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. How are you? Um, I'm
1: good. I just got back home to DC from New York. We spent a little over two weeks there um, at my future mother-in-law's home. And um, it was really a great time for me. I normally exert myself to, I want to see all my friends. I want to see my family. Like mm. I kind of burned myself out and I did all of that this time too. Plus getting like wedding stuff ready and super busy with work. But I was really, um, focused on taking care of myself in a way nice. that like I don't normally do. So like getting ready for bed between 10 and 11, like, um, like Jade rolling my face every morning and like doing lymphatic drainage after every shower and just really wow. incorporating. Self- yeah. <laughs> and I started, um, the sculpt society, my, um, my really good friend, Molly, who, um, makes incredible, um, one of a kind crafted masks. uh, masks by Molly. Um, we'll put it in the show notes. She, um, we've been friends since we were 10 and she was like, let's do it. It's a 10 week program and it's five days a week and you can do 30 minutes to an hour. And I already feel so much better. Um, and it's been really great to just have something to show up to and have somebody hold me accountable. Um, so I've been feeling really good. But then as soon as I got home, it was like being in my own bed. I'm like, oh my God, I'm exhausted. Cause I did do all of the running around and um, I'm just happy to be home and in my own space. But I had the best time with Brett's mom. We just had it was just really nice. And I, you know, I, as I've said before, I got my wedding dress and we, you know, booked the caterer, we finalized the caterer. And so like, it's fun to have those things check off the list. Cause they were big things to check off the list.
0: Yeah. That's so exciting. Wow. Yeah.
1: Um, nice. yeah. So, um, so a couple of things that are happening, you know, one of the things why I was so busy is that um, I am launching my third installation of heal your relationship with money and become financially free. It's an eight week course, actually nine weeks. Cause I had a bonus week um, <laughs> where we basically go through everything that I do with my private clients, but in a community setting. So there's eight to 10 people in the course and you get to know each other pretty intimately because there's a lot of sharing and vulnerability about money. Um, but it creates this, uh, this space where you can talk about money in a way that most I know people who in the course and in life who never, ever thought about money the way that they do throughout the course. And we work through personal development, understanding your relationship with money from the roots, from childhood, from your grandparents, from your industry to what are your dreams? What are your values? What are your goals? And then we get into the money. And then I kind of go into how do you get out of debt while saving? What's the best strategy for you? Um, how to heal relationships through changing your relationship with money and then how to ab- advocate for yourself. I think that's so important. I was recently talking to a girlfriend who um, um got offered a job and she loves her job. And um, they like were, she's like, what do I ask for? And I'm like, ask for like, go crazy. You know, like." You love your job. You don't even want to leave, you know? And it's like, even people who have like total financial security can still be afraid to abdicate for themselves and really um, stand in their worth and what they're and what they deserve. And so uh, we really dive into that and we change the beliefs that you have around money and worth and how to earn money um, and your relationship with debt from like an alchemic level. We do it from the nervous system, neurotransmitters out. And yeah. It's super empowering. The feedback's been amazing. And we start January 5th. And if you're interested in signing up for the course, like I said, there's only eight to 10 spots and a couple of spots have already been filled. Um, You can reach out to me at hello at beyondthegreencoaching.com um, or you can message us, message us on Instagram um, or through my website, hello, uh, beyondthegreencoaching.com.
0: Yeah, I'm so happy that you're talking about this course. I actually got to be a part of the first course that you taught a couple of months ago, um, and it was just a really cool experience. I got to kind of help like co-facilitate it, give feedback, and it's so interesting because I think so many people think that when you start looking at your money and your money story, you're going to start by just crunching numbers and create a budget, and create a saving pl- savings plan, and of course that's a part of it and that's a part of the course, but there's actually a couple steps you have to take before diving into that. You have to really look at your money history, your childhood, what your parents taught you about money. There's so much that goes into it so that you can actually make a lasting change. And so I think a course like this is really good for anybody, um, whether you're looking to like save for save for a house or grad school or kids or a marriage, you know, whatever, or like looking to pay off debt or just like really examine your relationship with money. I cannot recommend it enough. Um, and I think it would be an awesome course to take with a friend so that after you have the eight to nine weeks, you can continue on and like hold each other accountable, check in with your budget. Like that would be my, my dream. Yeah. <laughs> totally. if, yeah. If you have a, if you're interested or you have somebody who you might think is a good fit, feel free to email hello at beyond the Or as AJ said, you can always message us on Instagram and we can send you more information about it. It's a really, really awesome course. We've gotten some awesome feedback and, um, it's honestly life-changing. It's a really good way to start off the new year, you know, really, really looking at your money.
1: Yeah. What a great new year's resolution. Like, Oh, let's like change my finance, my relationship with money forever, as opposed to I'm going to lose 10 pounds. I mean, that's great too, but it's, or like, you know, you don't have to do it alone. I think that's ultimately the core value of my, of the course is that I wanted to create a space where people realize that they were not alone. And I think money can be one of the most isolating, um, problems that most people have and never talk about, even when they're, Oh my God loving, happy, committed relationships Ooh. or have wonderful friends or amazing parents. Like people, I had clients who can, who are like, my parents didn't know I was in this much debt or they didn't know that I spent that money they gave me. And I felt so much shame. And then when I told them, they weren't even mad at me. And so, yeah. um, yeah. Combating yeah, loneliness one budget yeah. at a time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it really is like a, a life-changing course. And, um, exactly what you said. It's what we do with one-on-one clients, but just kind of condense it in a different format. And I think it works really well for people who want more of like a community space because you really get to interact with the other people in the course. Um, and you know, meet some new people and meet some new friends who are also working on their, their money and their, their relationship to money and their relationships. So it's just an awesome space and community and highly recommend it.
1: Cool. So um, we wanted to dive into Black Friday. Well, actually, sorry, before we get into Black Friday, I I think it would be really helpful for us to like identify our why um, because, you know, we're on episode, what are we on? Are we on episode six at this point
0: yeah this is episode six six.
1: (laughs) and i really want we both really wanted to get clear about like why we created this podcast um because we could have been writing blogs we could have been continuing to talk about it on social media but why did we want to create a talking space to address money stuff and um you know i think Amelia and i as we were really hashing through this conversation we wanted to create a place where we could talk about money and allow others to talk about money that felt really relatable and personal. Um, yeah. And also to bring lightness to the conversation about personal finance, which can feel so heavy.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think that was that's like the really the main thing for me is that when I was going through all of this and feeling so stressed out, it just about my money and my financial situation and like not knowing where to turn. I was constantly looking for a podcast that I could listen to, because for me, that's a main way that I get my information. I love podcasts. I have like so many that I listen to religiously. Um, And I kept looking for a money podcast that was sharing information about money, but also sharing personal stories. There's a ton of podcasts about money out there, but it's very dry and it's very like matter of fact. It's like here's a question here's an answer here's a question here's an answer and for me that just didn't work like i want to hear about people's struggles i want to hear people get vulnerable i want to hear about um where people have come from where they're going you know like there's just so much more to talk about than um what's a 401k or like how much do you save per month you know like those are those are important conversations but there are people behind these money stories and so i w- really wanted to I really just like, didn't find what I was looking for. And so then I created it <laughs> Yeah, and, and um, yeah, it's just like, it really is creating that space where money doesn't feel so scary and heavy, like bringing some lightness to it, making it seem like some, like a, it, making it like opening up communication and allowing people to, Take a deep breath and know that it's gonna be okay and that no matter where you're starting from, you can figure it out. Yeah. Because I really could have fucking used that.
1: (laughs) But then you found me. Yeah. And it's all better now, but
0: it really is all better now.
1: (laughs) I joke, but I kid, but I don't kid. But
0: no, it's not a joke.
1: (laughs) I um I think also what you were like a good point you were making is like resources, like I I realized how few people out there um, know how to get themselves out of the situations they're in. Um, for example, like, so I always, when I'm referring to what we do, I'm always like, we're somewhere between a CPA and a financial advisor. Like, we're mm-hmm. we're not we're certainly not giving any fi- so if you go to a cpa or a financial advisor they're not going to give you advice on your day-to-day finances they're not going to explain to you how to get you know from out of debt to into wealth
0: right that's
1: uh, not their that's not what they're doing but we can help you do that by saying to you hey did you call ATT t and see if you can lower your bill and and then we can be like wait you only called once call seven more times you know or like did you know that this option is available at this, you know, giving people opportunity. I think that's my biggest life's purpose is to give people the opportunity and to relay the experience that I had out of getting out of so much debt and all different types of debt. Um, so that you can be empowered to go do that yourself. Like once you hear my story and you hear Amelie's story, you're like, Oh wait, I can handle that. I can hack that. Um, if they could do it, I can certainly do it.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's just really taking the loneliness out of finances because when you're in that space, when you feel so stressed out, you don't realize that there's all these other people who are willing to get in the ring with you and really talk through it, especially the topic of money in our society is so taboo. And there's all these unwritten rules about what we can and can't talk about. Like you can't ask somebody their salary or you can't ask somebody, how much they paid for their house or whatever. And it's like, that is so I hate that because I'm somebody who I want to like know everything. And I want to understand the truth about things. And so I really want to surround myself with people who are willing to be open about their financial situation about money so that I can make better financial decisions. Um, and not, and, and really what it comes down to is like removing the shame and the guilt that comes along with money. And it's so ingrained in society. It's so ingrained in the things that we're taught. And so it's like, let's remove that and just talk about this openly and honestly.
1: Yeah, two more points I want to make about that. I I think you make a really great point is that it's really not fun to talk to somebody who's inauthentic and is kind of like lying to you. And not that they're lying to you, they're like lying to yourself. They're like putting on a front. Like I like, since like I went traveling and I remember like really doing a lot of like, Who am I? What do I value? What's my core beliefs? That's like 2012. And my friend Madison and I were traveling with people and we like, and I, and that's when I learned like my bullshit radar of like, I don't want to be around people who like can't get real with you. Like, I don't want to have those conversations. And so like we, I wanted to create a space. I mean, that's just how I live my life. So I was like, and I feel like, and everybody would always say to me, wow, I like get so deep with you. I never get deep with anybody like this or like, this is so real or you're so, you know, you're, and I was like, wait, if I could do that for like a thousand people or a million people create a space where they don't have to be in the shadows anymore. Um, Cause I certainly was doing that. I was trying to be authentic, but when I was, I was sitting there debilitated by my relationship with money. So you can't fully be present if you're like worried if you're going to be able to eat tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. And I forgot the other point.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's totally fine. It'll come back. Um, Yeah. And I think that it's also like, it's just, it's just about creating that space and also not pretending to be something that I'm not. Like I am still a work in progress when it comes to money. I've been working on this stuff for the last couple of years. Like, yes, I have my own shit together now, finally. And I feel pretty confident in helping people with their personal finances, but I still have a ton to learn. And there's so many people out there there to learn from. And I'm so curious. And so it's also about creating a space where I can talk to experts and ask the questions that I want to ask that I'm sure tons of other people want to ask as well. And so it's really like, not only sharing the knowledge that I have and that I've acquired through pretty tough life experiences, and hopefully not, and hopefully helping people not go through those same life experiences, but then continuing to develop my own knowledge and learn from experts who also know more than me and just being curious, asking them questions, um, which we've already done, you know, with the last couple of interviews. I mean, I've learned so much from every person that we've spoken to. So there's just a lot of knowledge out there. And I want I want it to be shared. Like I'm, I'm tired of things being siloed in these like different communities or in different people. It's like let's share this knowledge so that everybody can be good with money.
1: Yeah, I remembered my last point. Ooh, it was yay. about abundance, and I think, um, I think that uh, as a culture the secrecy around money and the shame and the guilt is so much more, um, of the feeling that collectively we're all used to feeling. And, um, and what this podcast, what I want this podcast to represent is that there is so much abundance in the world and, um, and that the more information we give you, the, the better you are. It's like, uh, it's like we have this reverse belief around money that if we don't talk about it, if we don't, if we pretend it's not there, then like, we'll get more of it. But I have found that the more genuine and authentic and realistic you are around money, the more um, fortuitous you become and um, creating this space where like, where magic can happen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I think that point of abundance is, really, really important because what really shifted in my mind, when I started really looking at my money and doing, you know, my own like self-reflection is that I was coming from a place of fear and feeling like I was never going to have enough money. I was never going to make enough money to support myself. Like I really wanted to, but I just didn't believe that it was possible. And I really felt like I was trapped and that I would never get out of debt and that I would never be able to financially support myself because I didn't learn the skills to get there. And what I found is that even before I completely paid off my debt, even before I had a higher salary, I, what I really had to do is shift my mindset to one of abundance, instead of thinking in, as you know, in terms of fear or lack, it's like, let's, Let's think about the fact that there actually is an abundance of money in the world. There's an abundance of opportunities. It's just like shifting your perspective to realize that if you're open, these things will come to you. And if you're willing to put in the work, money and opportunities are available. Instead of like hiding in your shell, it's like opening yourself up. And even if that can be hard and vulnerable at times, it's a much better and just like happier way to live. Yeah. I agree.
1: So I want to know, how does your black
0: Friday go? (laughs) (laughs) What a transition. Yeah. Um, it went fine. I honestly really didn't buy that much stuff. Um, I, the one big purchase I made for myself was a new laptop,
1: which is so
0: funny because I, it's so funny. I say I didn't buy much and then I'm like, yeah, I bought a laptop. Um, but I, that was really my only thing. So, I've been thinking about this for two years about how I really need like a personal laptop for myself, but I didn't feel like I was financially in a place where I could afford it. And actually me buying a laptop on black Friday is a perfect example of being really smart with my money because I've been thinking about it for years. It was not an impulse purchase. I did my research. I got every single discount I could possibly get. I traded in my old laptop. I got money back. And I like got education pricing because my mom's a teacher. So it's like, I literally did every single thing I possibly could to make it as affordable as possible. And it was a decision that I have been waiting years for. Not that you necessarily have to wait years for decision, but that was just my own experience. And, um, I feel so good about my decision. Like I feel no shame or guilt about buying this thing for myself that I really need and that I I like spent my money really wisely, you know, and I actually like did a lot of research. I set, I made it part of my budget and it was like an amazing decision for myself. And that is just a perfect example of how you like being good with money or spending your money well, doesn't mean that you can never spend on yourself and that you can't buy yourself, you know, a pretty luxury item. Um, it's just about like putting thought and effort into it ahead of time and like, really? doing it really well. And I used Black Friday to my advantage.
1: Yeah. Fantastic. What about you? So um, I ha- I got engaged November of last year. And so I've been saving for my wedding dress probably since then. I mean, COVID, I've been saving way more because I cut my expenses in half um, and I just Put all my money away because when I realized what was happening with the world and the economy, right in March, I went into, oh, we need to be extremely resourceful and responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, um, and I kept finding opportunities to make more money and work, and then I kept living that really um, minimalist mind mentality, and um, so I, I was able to save a bunch during, ha- have been able to save a bunch since COVID. Um, so when it came time to like, so I kind of waited to like the last possible moment I could buy my dress, which is like nine months before the wedding. I knew I was gonna have to buy it in like November. And I went back in like September, October. And I was like, how do I want this to work? Do I want to pull out a savings or do I want to budget it into my, my the income that's coming in for the next four months? And I decided that I would rather have less for the next three months, three, four months, and be able to afford my dress without having to go into savings, even though I had spent a year saving for it, then continue to live my normal lifestyle and go into savings to pull Mm -hmm. out for the dress. And so I came into Black Friday. So I bought my dress. I got 50% off. Wow. Absolutely unbelievable my best friend (laughs) um, she picked it out she was like just try this on and I was like I don't want to and she's like just try it on and of course that's the dress and Mm -hmm. um I so I went into Black Friday kind of a little sad which is a great and we're gonna get into this topic and it was so funny because there was a part of me that didn't want to like admit that admit that because I'm like I'm above you know the 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 psychology of sales. And it's like, no, I'm human too. And like, when they're telling you 80% off your favorite brand, you're like, Oh, damn, I want that. Or like, let me go look through it. And I just had to be really firm with myself. And I just knew I couldn't buy anything. Um, yeah. I bought like a couple of essential, like I bought my shampoo and conditioner that I would have bought anyway. So I got it 30% off. Mm-hmm. And I bought Um, gifts for my nieces and my nephew. And that's pretty much it. And it, and it was interesting because the whole concept and, and we're going to dive deep into this is about the psychology of sales is that sales are designed to make you feel less than they're designed to make you feel like you're losing out. And if you don't get it right now, you're never going to get that opportunity ever again. And you are a loser and you fail. And that's directly tapping into your sympathetic nervous system, which is already yep. on overdrive. Like, people were texting me and they were like, I'm so over being sold. I feel like, yes, I feel like I'm being like bombarded with sales right now. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of feeling like manipulated.
0: Yeah. Especially in the age of social media that like these companies just have so much access to to us as people. I mean, if you haven't watched the social dilemma, like go watch it and it'll explain more and we'll put that in the episode notes as well. But these companies know what they're doing, which is, it drives me insane, especially as somebody who my first job out of college was in sales, which is so funny because I didn't actually know I was getting into sales because of how much they sold me on the job. (laughs) Like they were like, it's not really sales. Like your your title is not sales. And then I get there and it's like a hundred percent like hardcore sales, but besides the point, but, um, and I actually, (laughs) the funniest thing was that the first question they asked us on our first day of orientation was like, why do you want to be in sales? Why do you love sales? And I was like, I didn't know I was in sales. I guess I'm in sales. It's so funny. But the really good Ah. part about that job is that I learned all about the psychology of sales and what companies do to manipulate you into buying their stuff. And it's so, it's like borderline evil because they know that they're doing it, but also they're selling a product. So it's like, you know,
1: well, yeah. And it just gets really complicated because I was, so I was on the phone with um, one of my best friends who has um, her own business. And she was saying to me, like, should I do this promotion and i was like i'm not doing any promotions right now like i'm an independent business i can't lower the cost of my services because i'm i i can't I, and i don't want to and i'm not going to stoop but then so i'm not going to stoop down to what everybody else is doing and and i really sat on the sidelines during this whole thing because i was like I don't want to be in part of it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. You know, and it's like, well, I believe in the products that I'm selling and the quality of the work that I'm doing. So no, I'm not going to go and slash my prices. um, for people who might want to return it three days later, because they're in like, basically what's happening when you're in that state of frenzy is that you're having a chemical reaction that is actually the same reaction that you have when you take cocaine. You're having all of that. So dopamine, crazy. yeah. So you're having these dopamine hits that acts like you've just taken a line of Coke and then you crash and then you go back up and then you go down and then you go up and then you go down and we're addicted to it. We're, we're addicted to everything. I mean, our phones are incredibly addicting, again, re-social dilemma, but like we're, and then the, it's coming, it's ending, it's ending, it's ending, it's ending. And, you know, it was a really interesting place to be as an entrepreneur being like, what side of this do I want to be on? And I want people to sign up for my course who are like, I want to be better than this. And I think my example is really awesome because it showed you that I thought about since September, October, my, my strategy for how I was going to spend my money for October, November, and December. I yeah. had it all mapped out. I knew exactly how much I wanted to spend on my wedding dress. I knew exactly how much I wanted to spend on my budget. And yet I was still disappointed that I couldn't spend money on beyond yoga pants or, you know, or really like dive through Bandier's, you know, uh 70% off sale, like, because I'm human and, if I didn't have that control and discipline and foresight to look at my finances, I would have easily been like, Oh, who cares, AJ, just take a thousand dollars out of savings. It's no big deal. You'll pay it back. Like all the justification in your head. And the whole point about getting your finances in order is not to, it's not to pretend you're never going to deal with like the stresses and the excitement of, of opportunities, of opportunities to spend money. It's, whether you can control yourself in those moments.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, I, I a hundred percent felt the same way, especially looking through Instagrams and Instagram and think, seeing all these companies that I really like, like putting all this stuff on sale and realizing that like, even though I'm so aware of not only my finances, but also what companies are doing to get to me, I still fell for it. And I didn't actually spend anything, but I would click and share their websites and be like, ooh, what's on sale? Like, this is so fun. I love online shopping. I love like looking at all the stuff, but because I understand my budget and because I understand what I'm willing to spend and the fact that I was buying like a pretty big ticket item, I was like, this is the only thing I'm purchasing. And I'm not going to allow myself to spend on this stuff that I don't actually really need. 100%. uh, But it's tough. It's on, it's tough. Like they really, really get. Oh,
1: it's so, it's so tough. I mean, I, I, so one of my clients asked me, she said, Hey, why didn't you do a black Friday um, podcast? And I was like, you know, I really just didn't, I just didn't want to get into this space. People were going to go into this weekend and do whatever the fuck they wanted, you know, like they were going to, you know, one podcast a week before Black Friday wasn't going to make somebody be like, you know what, I'm going to pause because you know what, they would have paused on Friday, they would have paused on Saturday, they would have paused and then Sunday night, they <laughs> everything and I know it's just, it's true like you can like, call, like message me if I'm not right about that like I had so many friends call me, I was so good and then. I yeah. was doing so good. And then, and I'm like, what's the yeah. end then? What'd you get? And also I'm not shaming anybody for their choices on how they want to spend their money. That's totally up to you. Like that is not my job. And you know, I, I've had people, I've had clients who've been like, you're going to be so mad at me. It's like, that's, I, I am not the ruler of your life. I am not, I am not your lawmaker. I'm just here to help you find radical, understanding of your finances and be equipped to handle all the things that life throws at you that are unexpected, which are a lot. And uh, there are so many things you're not in control of in life. Like you're not in control of thousands of companies reaching out to you, seeking you, trying to get you to buy their stuff, but you are in control of how you handle that. And that's where I come in. And so, um, yeah, I really wanted to talk about like the side effect because now what people are going to feel is a lot of shame, guilt, embarrassment, fear, and um regret and so it's like an interesting time to start talking to people because it's like okay we're fr- we came from the high and now we're coming we're crashing and that's totally normal and now how can we deal with that so I think the the greatest thing you can do is the f- the first step is you have to look at the numbers you need to mm-hmm. figure out how much you actually spent um, yeah and then you need to have I, I think the greatest thing you can do outside of like, I'm not going to be like, go return everything is just like make some projects predictions on how December and January are going to go. Um, you know, in normal circumstances, what really screws people over is that they go crazy on Black Friday, Cyber Monday, then they have the holidays and they have vacation and they usually go away. So all of those things compounding on top of each other by the time January comes around you feel fat you you've been eating all the candy your skin looks horrible you spent all this money and there's like there's literally the highest rate of suicide in the world is in February um like so crazy And it actually is correlated with like like around the beginning of February when everybody starts getting
0: their bills. Their credit card bill, yeah, exactly. It's so crazy and it's just like, actually I think a really fun exercise for people before you even go back and look at what you spent on Black Friday is guess. I love that. Yeah, write down the number and be like, I bet I spent like $300. And I used to do this with myself all the time when I was like in the middle of figuring my money stuff is I'd look back and be like, okay. So over these three months, you know, like last year when I was being really bad with money, like how much do I think I spent on makeup or whatever, even though that's not really a category for me, let's, let's use a better category restaurants. And I would be like, okay, I probably spent like $300 on restaurants over the course of two months. And then it was always, always so much higher than you think. So it's like, go into your, expenses before you even calculate anything for Black Friday, Cyber Monday, be like, how much do I think I spent? And then actually crunch the numbers. And I guarantee you a hundred percent of the time, it'll be more than you think. Always.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it, I think that's a great one. I think that's a really fun one to do. And I think that that um, it's really important to, and like what I was saying, like, usually that's how things happen. Now, a lot of people aren't going on vacation. So people might actually be able to be in a much better position than they normally are. But I think it's really important to like, you need to cut down on spending like now. It's like, okay, you feel really shitty. It's like, can we move past the shitty and just make a plan for you, for yourself? It's like, you know what, I just pick one thing that you're going to eliminate. Like, don't drive yourself crazy. It's like, but I really, it like, I, so I made that Instagram post where I was like, one day of spending can like determine your entire year financially.
0: And it really can.
1: Yeah. Because I know so many people, like 10K seems to be like the magic number of credit card debt. And I just know so many people (laughs) who like sit in 10K worth of credit card debt for years because it's like, it just keeps, it's like, you have that one thing, you know, that one Cyber Monday, Black Friday, and all of a sudden it just like, keeps amounting. And it's like, okay, cool. It happened. You did it. Like, hopefully you could you could afford it. And hopefully you didn't do um, those low interest payments. That's something that really upsets me when I see when I'm buying something online and it's like, you can pay now or you can do four oh my God. interest payments. And I'm like, so you're going to have like $3,000 worth of, of monthly expenses of, of all the different places that you shop.
0: It drives me insane. My I The one thing I really want to tell people, especially my friends is like, or anybody who's listening, but like, if I could get one thing across, it's like, if you can't afford it, do not buy it. You know, like if you can't, if you don't have enough money to spend on this thing that you want to purchase, that's not like an absolute necessity. Don't put it off over four months, you know, like you, you can't afford it. And I mean, I've been guilty of it. I've done it before, but it's like, it's just, it drives me insane that companies are now doing this. I don't, I don't, I feel like I didn't used to see that. It's like a fairly no. new thing. I would
1: say yeah, to like maybe a two to three year thing that's been happening. Because yeah. I, the first time I ever heard about it was one of my old um, employees at, when I was working at the yoga studio, he had a ton of Nike and a ton of really nice clothes. And I knew he was working two minimum wage jobs and yeah. I can count. And I was like, this, this doesn't add up. And he's like, oh, I just do the zero interest, and I do payment plans. And I was like, so he literally every single month is just paying back and putting more money forward and buying more things every month. And I was like, oh my god, I, I mean, I'm so glad I never knew his financial yeah. situation because I don't think I could handle it. Um, yeah. But yeah, and I and then I look and then I started
0: noticing it, and I was like, this is so messed up. So you know. messed up, and companies do it to make things seem more afo- affordable than they are. Yeah. And it's like regardless of whether you pay for it over four months or right away, like that's still the price. So you're gonna you're gonna pay for it regardless. If you can't, if two hundred dollars seems like too much to you, spreading it out over four months is still the same amount.
1: Yeah, I think it's a really good topic to bring up because I, when I'm doing my like debt repayment strategies with people, I'm really big on. Um, uh, making payments smaller, but I, but if you tell me you're going to go do that on a t-shirt, like we're going to have a problem, yeah. but I'm more about like, so let's say you have like a really, like, let's say you owe tax debt. Um, That's something I might go, ha- I might suggest that you go put it on a zero interest credit card, and then you can pay right. it off in 12 months over, as opposed to having to pay it off right now. And then that also helps you not acquire interest from the IRS. Right. The other, or like, let's say um, for a laptop, so what I did for my laptop was I did zero interest financing for eighteen months. I paid eighty three dollars a month, and I was able to pay off you know my laptop yeah. in that perfect amount of time. And so there are ways to you to utilize debt one hundred percent, yeah. But clothing and and like if you're buying a couch, fine. If you're buying um, you know chatchkeys for your home. Santa, <laughs>
0: No, like exactly, exactly. Like Frankie and I did that when we first moved into this apartment with Jordan's furniture, which is where we got like our couch and our stools or whatever. And it was zero interest for like two years. And it was a pretty big purchase and something that we were going to have forever. So we were like, okay, it's zero interest. Like, this is a really big purchase. It's something that we need for our home. Like, we're okay paying it off over a period of time because it's a necessity and it's like, we also got the cheapest possible stuff that was like still nice and, you know, nice, nice enough for our apartment. But, and that's okay. Like it's, it's okay to take advantage of that. And that's the whole thing with Black Friday. It's like, use it to your advantage. Yeah, you know, like absolutely. if you are buying something and it's a necessity or it's something that you've been thinking about for a while, like there are ways to do that really smart, like do it in a smart way. Yeah. Um. But when it's like, that's the thing. It's like, if it's like a bathing suit or clothes or something that is art is like not a necessity. That's when you really want to catch yourself and be like, I don't need to pay this off over a couple months. Yes.
1: Like what's an investment and what's not. So like, exactly. So there's the two things. There's the investment. Like I'm going to have this couch for 10, at least 10 years. I'm going to have this computer for at least as long as it
0: lasts. (laughs) Hopefully 10 years. Yeah.
1: My computer doesn't if my computer causes me no problems, I'm not getting another computer. Exactly. Um, and then the other tier of that is if you have like a considerable amount of debt and you can get it for zero interest. Um, that's another way of using, of using um, monthly payments to your advantage. Um, if you can save 5%, 10% interest, it's, it's worth it. But again, I think the key is that you have to know what you can afford to spend every single month. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I worked on with my aunt when I first started getting my budgeting in order in 2017 was that I, the debt collector would call me and say, you need to give us $750 a month. And I'd be like, okay. And then I couldn't afford it. So like when, one of the first things I asked my aunt to do was, can you, um, can you make sure I can afford what I'm what I'm saying to the debt collector I can afford. Right. And then what is that? And then for me, I was working freelance. So I was like, what does that actually look like? Okay, that looks like three extra waitressing shifts and four extra yoga classes. And so like, I had it in my head exactly what I needed to do to make that money for myself. Now, if you work salary, it's much easier. Like, if you get paid, um, you know, overtime, that's an easy way to do it too. It's like how many hours of overtimes you need to work in order to achieve the goal you want, either the savings that you want to make or the debt you want to make or the thing you want to purchase.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, another really like just side tip that I would say for those times where you are purchasing a big ticket item and you're paying it off over months at a time is that make it a part of your monthly budget, not a separate expense because, I've seen a lot of people who do that and then that's they don't think of that as part of the spending money for the month. And then you end up like going over. But so it's like when, for example, when we bought this couch and and the stools, I think it ended up being like $55 per person per month. And so for me, that was already a line item in my budget for the month. You know, like it wasn't a separate expense. I didn't put it on a credit card and forget about it. Like I really made sure that that was part of my budget for the month. And therefore, like, let's say my budget was $1,500 for the month, it would be $1,500 minus the 55. And that's where I was starting from. And that's the way to do it and be really responsible with your money. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit more about the like neuroscience behind sales? Because I think that's a really interesting thing for people to understand. And it does make you feel more empowered when you look at those sales and you kind of feel like they can't trick you. <laughs> yeah, so
1: so basically we have two main like nervous system. I mean, it's all part of the same nervous system, but we have two main engines in the nervous system. We have the sympathetic, which is the fight, flight, and freeze. And then mm-hmm. we have the parasympathetic, which is the rest, digest, reproduce, and restore. Um, and so blue light, um, a, a angry texts, uh, an email can alert the sympathetic nervous system, which is the fight, flight, and freeze and start to, um, it will go all the way up into the brain, to the, um, amygdala, which is like in the middle of the brain. And it will be like, we're in danger. We need to do something. And then the signals will go down the spinal cord into the pituitary gland, right in the neck and say, I think we're in danger. I think you got to do something. And then they're going to secrete like a pre-cortisol hormone that goes down through the body. So the body starts to get this awareness, like we're in danger, we're in danger. And you're kind of figuring out what you need to do. Like, do you need to run? Do you need to fight? And if if the intensity starts to get worse, it'll go down to the adrenal glands right above the kidney and that will send out cortisol. And mm. an overconsumption of cortisol in the body is a poison and it will actually what it will do, which it, I just think the body is incredible and what will happen is that the because it's like we get addicted to what we don't like even you know it's like when, if you've ever been a smoker, And like, you want to quit smoking, but you can't, and you know, it's horrible for you, but you can't quit smoking. It's kind of like that. Like, so what cortisol will do, if there's an overconsumption of cortisol over and over every day, you're in high intensity stress and you're not combating it by relaxing the other part of your nervous system, the parasympathetic nervous system. What will happen is that the cortisol will start to infiltrate the amygdala. um, Sorry, the hypothalamus is what I meant to say. It will start to act. It will start to, um uh, attack the hypothalamus and destroy it so that it Mm. constantly produces that pre-cortisol hormone that comes from the pituitary glands so that you're constantly in a state of stress, even when you try to get out of it. So, um, a big problem with like the fitness industry is that a lot of that, the workouts are really, um, high stress inducing. And so even though they're trying to tell you to work at, to like relax, you actually can't. And I, you know, I've taught thousands and thousands and thousands of people how to do yoga. And you can see when someone like literally cannot relax, like their body refuses. They'll like sit, they'll like lie there in Shavasana with like their eyes completely open or like they can't, they can't stay, they can't be still for like a second. They have to keep moving. Um, oh, I know
0: people like that.
1: Yeah. And so Basically, when you're getting these alerts about sales, it's like going right into that that trigger. Um, it's like a pleasure pain
0: response in your body. Makes you feel like you need to act or it creates like an impulse. It's like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Yeah.
1: And so basically the way that, and we come back to this all the time and we will forever, that you combat that is gratitude. And because- Gratitude is not I say this all the time it's not intuitive it's um it is a practice and the yeah. practice of gratitude is stopping pausing and saying what you're grateful for because yeah. we have more than we have ever had in the history of humanity um we have so much to be grateful for and what happens is that that like resets So also what's happening with the chemicals is that it's creating neurological grooves in your brain and in your body around. So like the act of moving your thumb has now like a neurological groove that goes from your brain, your spinal cord to your arm, to your thumb. And it's like, it's like as automatic as breathing for many of us. Yeah. And so when you like have these um, chemical reactions in the body, and you have these impulses to spend, and you have these thoughts in your head that say, I have to go do it, I have to go get it, or I'm going to miss out on the opportunity. You're setting deeper grooves in your nerve, neural pathways that say, um, every time you think that, it sets like a deeper groove, which makes it more likely that you're going to have that same reaction again in the future. So when you stop and you pause and you take a breath and you're like, I'm grateful for everything that I have. I don't need anything. I have everything that I could need. What happens is that the neural pathways like rewire and they move somewhere else. And the goal is that when you have these beliefs around um, scarcity, which is essentially what it is, right? Like I need, I need, I need, I don't have, I don't have. And when you change that to, I have everything that I need, I have more than enough. Um, those grooves that used to exist, that scarcity used to exist there now are like old windy roads that aren't used as much. And when you go to put your, you know, your four-wheeler in those grooves, when that, when something triggers that old pattern, old belief, it doesn't feel right anymore. Exactly. that's where the change happens. And that's where the pause happens, where you're like, wait, I used to be compulsive. And I used to immediately go and buy the thing or do the thing. And now that doesn't feel so right anymore. Let me stop and think about it for a second.
0: Yes. And that's exactly what happened to me is I used to kind of be like a a compulsive spender, like an emotional spender. Like I would feel sad. I would feel angry. I would feel something I would spend. And what I, what happens now is I actually like feel my emotion. I take a deep breath and I'm like, okay, what is actually happening right now that is making me feel this emotion and like getting to the root cause of it. And that is the exact mantra that I used for so many years for like two full years. I would just constantly repeat to myself, I have everything I need. I have everything I need over and over and over again because it really is the deep truth. It's like, there isn't anything that I need. Like I am so lucky. I'm so grateful. I have everything that I need. It's just the truth. And like, of course there's things that I want, (laughs) but need, I have everything. Yeah. Well,
1: I think that's a perfect place to end.
0: (laughs) It really is. And the one thing, the one last thing that I will say though, before we wrap is that I don't want, I never want this podcast to stress people out because I have listened to so many money podcasts where I get off, where I like Stop listening to it and I'm like, oh my God, I feel so overwhelmed. I like recognize the things that I'm doing, but I don't know what to do now. Like it's so stressful because money is a stressful topic. And I just want to say, like, let's all take a deep breath. Black Friday, Cyber Monday already happened. What you spent is what you spent. It's okay. Like, do what you can now to take a look at your at what you spent. If you can return stuff, if you spent way more than you wanted to, like you always have that option. And if, but if you just bought stuff and you feel okay about what you bought, like, don't let it stress you out. Just accept it. Just say like, that was part of my budget. It's okay. Like I'm moving forward. It's like pick one, one lane or the other, like you don't need to continuously make yourself feel shame or guilt around money. It's like, there are two different ways that you can go. Um, And like just take a deep breath and know that things will be okay. And that we're moving forward.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's key. The, the shame and the guilt isn't doing you any good unless you're going to take action. So if you're not going to take exactly. action, there's no point of feeling it. Enjoy what you bought because you wanted it and, yeah. and cherish it and, 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 and have fun. And if, again, if it doesn't feel right, then you can always return it. Yep. hundred percent. Um, so, Amelie, what are three things you are grateful
0: for? I'm grateful for this new laptop that I bought. I'm actually so excited. It's been like a really long time coming and I finally feel like I'm in a place to afford something really nice for myself and it feels really fucking good and it feels like a gift to myself. Really, That's it does. Awesome. And I'm like, I'm very proud of myself for doing it really well and feeling good about my purchase. So right off the bat, i um, I'm really grateful for my family and I'm really grateful for you. Oh. <laughs> we met for what the a, first time on Zoom. I Sunday. know. It's so it's like so cr- I can't. Get even, ready I mean, for all the photos. Oh uh, yeah. In person. We've been talking on online on Zoom for years now, but we haven't met in person, which is just so crazy to think about. But Absolutely. now we have That's now we if have
1: felt, if nothing felt more normal. I've held your
0: hand. We held hands. Um, (laughs) And changed in front of each other. Anyways. We we sure did. um, Um, Three things I'm grateful for. What are you grateful for?
1: I am. I am grateful for, I came home and I was like looking in my closet and I just was like really grateful for like everything that I had, like all my clothes. I was like, Oh, that dress is so beautiful. And like, I love that sweater. And I just felt this moment of appreciation for things that I've had for literally years. Like mm. I was thinking about like our photo shoot and the photo shoot that I did a few weeks ago. Um, I didn't buy a single thing. I didn't even get my nails done and Me neither um, I didn't even get my eyebrows done. And it was something that I was like, In the past, I would have spent. I would have blown all of my money on like the appearance of looking like I am put together. And it's like when you authentically shine, it just it glows from within you. It's like you don't have to have anything. You know, it's like that saying like nothing looks as good as skinny feels. It's like nothing looks as good as like having your finances in order. (laughs) Life of your dreams.
0: (laughs) That that really should be the quote because right. I think that other quote is
1: bullshit. But anyways, continue. Um, we can totally dissect that at another point. Um, Ooh, two yes. the things I'm grateful for. Um, we are officially getting our puppy on Sunday um, and I'm just so excited and scared. And I just have a perfect partner who <laughs> is so excited to like do the work with me on training her. Like we just want to be, this is our new project and our new, Dog child, and I can't. I everybody in my life who has known me has known I wanted a dog forever, and so Mm. I can't believe it's actually happening. It's almost like surreal, and that's so incredible. I know I can't wait for you to meet her. And (laughs) the third thing, um, that I'm grateful for is Brett. We um had a nice long chat last night in bed, you know, one of those bed talks, and Mm -hmm. we're always working on um on building our relationship. Like it's just, we're always working on, um, being more connected and plugged into one another and working through things together. And I'm very grateful for him.
0: That's so lovely.
1: And you, I had four. Ah, four. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody, thank you so much for listening to everybody's bad with money. This podcast was presented by beyond the green coaching. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and you can check out the website beyond the green Um, heal your relationship with money and become financially free launches January 5th do not hesitate in securing your spot today have a wonderful evening or morning or (laughs) afternoon,
0: and we will be talking to you next Wednesday sounds good thank you everyone we'll talk to you next Wednesday bye